Hey, Maker Friends, real quick before we get into today's episode, something super time-sensitive is happening. Next week, on June 11th and 12th, I am once again, or perhaps finally, hosting our super popular free webinar called The Four Most Common Instagram Photography Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Yes, these tips even work if you're only using your cell phone. I'm hosting this live webinar at two different times, June 11th and 12th, to make sure that we can cover as many time zones as possible. Yes, my Australian friends, you do not have to get up at 4 a.m. for me, I promise. You can learn more and save your spot by visiting makersplaybook.com slash Instagram dash photography. It's a little bit of a long URL, so one more time in case you already had your hands covered in mud, it's makersplaybook.com slash Instagram dash photography. Oh, and if you can join live, I'm saving a lot of time at the end to cover as much Q&A as you throw at me. So don't tell your boss I said this, but you know, you could maybe put this on your work calendar as a appointment. Just leave it vague. All right. See you online next week. Welcome to the Maker's Playbook, the show where we talk about what it's really like to make a living from the things you make. We are in our fourth and final week of the photography extravaganza here on the podcast. And as always, I am still your host, Rebecca Agis Cara. What made photography so overwhelming to learn nearly 15 years ago for me was the number of variables, not just standalone variables, you know, like the effect humidity has on my hair, (laughs) but intersecting variables. If I change my shutter speed, what does that do to the effects of the ISO or to the aperture? But at the same time, if I start changing all three of those at once, then I really have no clue what is going on and which variable is getting me the results I do or do not want. Cue the overwhelm. So my friends, I'd like to present you with an alternative on this fourth and final week of the photography extravaganza. I want you to learn how to systematize your photography approach. Because once you do that, I promise you will slice in half the amount of time it takes you to photograph your work. What do I mean by systematize? I mean decide which variable is most important to you. For example, do you love those blurry backgrounds? Well, then setting your aperture, which controls the depth of field, how much is in focus, before anything else might be the most important variable to you. Do you dream of having photos like Quinn inspired, throwing your mugs up in the air with beautiful arches of water spilling out? Yeah, y'all. If you haven't checked out her work, you need to immediately. It's at Quinn inspired on Instagram, which is spelled Q-U-I-N-S-P-I-R-E-D. Okay, anyway, the only way you're going to do that is with the right shutter speed and so on and so forth through all the variables. Decide what's the most important and then make all the rest of the variables work around that. It's still true even if you're just shooting on auto with your cell phone or a point-and-shoot camera because there's the variable of the direction of your light, which no matter what, frankly, is always your single most important variable to begin with. And I talked more about that on our recent IG Live, so if you missed out last Sunday, 
go check out our Instagram feed at the Makers Playbook and it's saved in there. Or you can click over to the IGTV tab in our Instagram and you'll find it there. But anyway, let me cut to the chase here. There are two ways you can figure out how to systematize your photography. Option number one, you're probably already in the middle of. Scour YouTube for hours, late into the night, watching all kinds of videos, some of which are less than helpful. Listen to podcasts like mine or tune into the IG Lives I did the last three weeks. Like I said, the recordings are up on our feed. You can do all of this and try to piece together all of the different education from all sorts of different teachers who have different styles, different opinions, and different experience levels, and somehow create your own system. This does work. It is possible. It just takes a really long time. And frankly, you're probably already tired of it. Option number two, well, it is to join me inside of my brand new course, the Maker's Photography Styling System. Oh my goodness. My friends, this course launches next week. Doors open on June 29th, and they will only be open until July 8th. These are not arbitrary dates. I have set aside time on the calendar. It's been a whole thing. been working on this whole schedule for months. So doors open June 29th, and they are closing July 8th. That's it. If you're interested, you can learn way more about the course if you join me on the webinar you've already heard me talk about for the last three weeks. The four most common Instagram photography mistakes, and of course, how to avoid them, is a sneak peek into how I can systematize photography for you. Not to mention, the webinar's free, and I'll be on live, so you can ask whatever questions you want, and I can finally answer them via video, rather than just this one-sided, awkward audio recording. But I'm not just here this week to pitch you the course. Don't worry. If you're about to hit next on your podcast player, stick with me here because I want to dig into a topic that I'm pretty confident will serve you long after this podcast episode is over. And I know this is a bit of an aside for the final week of the photography extravaganza, but I think it's a related tangent. So bear with me. I want to acknowledge the metaphorical elephant in this internet room. I'm sitting here telling you do this, don't do this, download this guide, join me on this webinar, sign up for this course, photograph your work indoors instead of outdoors, use one light source, yada, yada, yada. But what gives me the ability to say any of that in such a definitive manner? I mean, aside from over a decade working as a professional photographer, why should you even listen? Better yet, why should you trust me? After all, there are endless people on the internet touting themselves as educators. I can't tell you how many times I've seen Francesco cringe over a quote-unquote throwing tutorial video on Instagram because to him, with more than six years of production pottery experience, it's so obvious that this alleged teacher is not actually at a professional level. Meanwhile, me, the hobbyist over here, is showing him that video saying, look, I love that idea. Isn't this great? (laughs) It's a very heated topic in the Cara household, but I digress. My point here is when it comes to learning new skills on the internet, how should you choose a teacher? 
basically, how can you vet someone? So here's my opinion. Granted, it's an opinion rooted in 11 years of entrepreneurship, which involved a lot of online learning and Google searches, so I'd like to think it's a rather informed opinion, but it's an opinion nonetheless. I think when it comes to following, listening to, or spending your hard-earned money with any educator, and I'm using air quotes again, it is crucial for you to know their why. And I mean why with a capital W. Why are they telling you whatever it is that they're teaching? Now you guys know I'm an awfully pragmatic person. In fact, it's at the core of why I started this podcast in the first place. Paul over at the Potter's Cast does a great job of chatting with other makers about their vision and their practice and has been doing so long before I ever even thought about buying a microphone. What I wanted to know was the day-to-day functions, the answers to all the everyday life questions that start with, okay, but how do you, how do you pay the bills? How do you keep the lights on? How do you manage a full-time job and a side hustle? How did you quit that full-time job? How does it all work? So when I'm talking about learning someone's why, I'm not talking about the philosophical, emotional why that's listed publicly on an about page bio on a website. While hopefully those reasons are sincere, I want to once again understand the pragmatic day-to-day realities. This is exactly why you've heard me talk about context so much. Understanding the context around why someone is an educator how they became to be seen as an expert or not, what makes them tick. For example, when I get an ad for some Instagram marketing course that says something like, if you aren't doing this on Instagram, you'll never succeed. It sure does the job of freaking me out, thinking I'm missing out on some silver bullet secret that everybody else knows and is going to solve all my problems. But then, after I take a breath... I realize that that educator's why is rooted in some serious fear-based marketing tactics. They are focused on hard sales techniques to get you to spend money with them. And if that's how they market their ability to teach you about marketing, what do you think you're going to be learning? On the flip side, when you listen to Tyler J. McCall talk about Instagram strategy, and he points out all of the different ways you could be using Instagram to grow your business, but then acknowledges the reality that if you are a one-person shop, committing to making three reels a week is probably not sustainable. So honey, you need to take a deep breath and let's get realistic. Well, now I can clearly see that Tyler's why behind his teaching is rooted in something much deeper. Also, side note, if you guys are looking for Instagram education, I highly recommend Tyler. Do you see what I'm getting at? My spidey senses go up when an educator tells me anything along the lines of, you have to have this or else. The other major thing I now know after 11 years of learning is to watch out for whether or not they're practicing what they're preaching. For example, 
In the photography industry, there are a lot of very well-known educators. These photographers are like household names to many of us, and they offer classes and workshops ranging anywhere from learning the basic skills of photography to solving all of your business problems. But here's the catch. As you dig a little deeper, pay a little more attention to their lives via the wonders of social media, you'll realize they don't have that many actual photography clients. The majority of their business is in education. Now, there is nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong at all. Except if you're teaching people about the business of running a photography studio, and your studio is predominantly an education business. It doesn't quite line up, does it? On the flip side is my friend Jeff. He and his wife Erin own three different photography studios in San Diego, and the business course Erin launched in the middle of COVID is the single best course I have ever taken on any subject ever. It's geared specifically to photographers, so it wouldn't be very helpful for you guys. Sorry. But that's also part of what makes it so great. It's specific. And everything they're teaching, they're also living every day in their own businesses. Not only that, but Jeff and Aaron are clear on what they stand for. They make it clear to anyone learning from them that they are not about the hustle. If you're looking for a how-to guide on the latest trend or fad, you're not going to find it anywhere with these two. But if you're looking for guidance on how to build a business that puts your life and your well-being first before the business, and to build a business that will stand the test of time, well then, the younguns are your people. This is what I mean about knowing someone's why. Knowing what makes them tick. Knowing why they make certain decisions for themselves, and therefore how that informs what they teach you. And recognizing If they aren't transparently sharing those things, well, maybe something's missing. This is why throughout this entire month, I have reminded you that the photography tips and tricks I've been giving you have been with the assumption that you don't want to learn to be a professional photographer. You just want better photos of your work, and more specifically, most of that has been for ceramic work, and you want better photos in as little time as possible so you can get back to making more of what you love. If I was assuming that you were in the middle of launching a national ad campaign to promote a ceramics brand that you wanted to be seen alongside Target or Restoration Hardware or Crate and Barrel or wherever else, we'd be having a very different conversation about how to approach photographing your work. So for me, at the core, I started this podcast and I've spent the last six months building this new course because after 11 years as a self-employed artist, I know firsthand how hard it is to make a living from the things you make. I know how many different balls you have to juggle to keep everything afloat, but I also know you don't have to do it alone. I know how many mistakes you can avoid if you have access to hear from the people who started before you, because that's exactly what I did. I know you could figure out photography techniques from asking other potters and searching YouTube endlessly and from an even longer photography extravaganza here on the podcast. But I also know that putting it all together bit by bit will take a long, frustrating amount of time. 
and you just might not want to wait that long. I also know that unless someone explains the reasons for doing what they do, whether that be in photography, business, making, glazing, firing, whatever, you aren't getting the full picture. Their answer will only work until the moment comes when you outgrow that option. I want to provide all of you with the reasons so that even when your style preference for photography changes, as is bound to happen, you don't need to go back to the YouTube searches and start all over again. Instead, you'll have a system and a guide with the reasons for you to make your own decisions. I'm telling you all of this in part, obviously, because I'm pitching you my new course, the Maker's Photography Styling System. And I would be utterly thrilled to have you join me. I've spent the last six months working on simplifying down and systematizing all I've learned over the last 11 years as a professional photographer, so I'm confident the content and the value is there, and it's going to be amazing. But more than that, I'm telling you all of this because over those last 11 years, I've spent a lot of money on education. I mean, enough that my accountant made education its own line item on my budget sheet. (laughs) Some of that was invaluable, and I'd pay double to do it all over again. Some of it, eh, well, not so much. And maybe, just maybe... If I would have thought about some of those educational opportunities within the context of why, I would have skipped the not-so-great ones. There's not always shortcuts to making it easier to make a living from the things you make. But when there are, I will be here, happy to share them. And that starts with the four most common Instagram photography mistakes. My free live webinar class happening next week on both June 29th and 30th. It's a different time each day to try and be as convenient as possible for as many time zones as possible. If I did the math right, I think the Tuesday option should work for parts of the U.S. as well as the U.K. and Europe, while the Wednesday option should work for other parts of the U.S. as well as Australia. And if I did the math wrong, well, I'm working on setting up a way to host a replay. But I can only send you the replay if you register in the first place. So click the link in the show notes now and go register for the four most common Instagram photography mistakes webinar. Friends, thank you so much for using your precious, precious time to listen to this podcast. Thank you to so many of you who have written me emails and sent me DMs and shared your own stories. I hope you all have caught the various answers to your questions over these past few weeks of the photography extravaganza. Whether it be in a podcast episode or on an IG live, I did keep a checklist every time a question was sent in, so I'm pretty confident we hit upon them all. I'll be back to our usual podcast schedule with the new episodes three out of every four weeks, starting again on July 9th, which is in two weeks, because I need a little breather. It's wedding season, and it's in full swing. Not to mention the live webinar is next week, the new course launches the week after that, and we still don't even have a living room set up because the first floor of our new house is covered in sawdust. Yeah, it's mania, but it's also a pretty beautiful kind of mess. So, until next week, go get back to making your dreams a reality. Because together, we really can do this.